0: It's the R.U. Review brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchener in our Westfield, New Jersey studio. And I'm joined by veteran broadcaster Matt Lachlan. And on the line, we welcome back to the show former Rutgers player and current radio color analyst for Rutgers football, Eric Legrand. And, Eric, once again, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me
0: let's uh, let's start positive here, because let's face it, we can always go the other way, the way the season's gone. But, you know, several weeks ago, Eric, after the losses to Kansas and Buffalo, I asked you if you thought of Chris Ash lost the locker room. And, and you said you don't know unless you're in that locker room. And, and I, I, I was concerned about that. I'm going to say over the last few weeks, I don't think he's lost the locker room at all. I believe that these players are they're still playing hard for him. And I still think they believe in Chris Ash. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You could just tell that they, they are getting better. It, it, it takes time to see see that and during the middle of the season or the beginning of the year. It was hard to see that. But as these kids continue to grind and push through, you know, all the all the adversity that's been thrown at them, you know, especially with this year, you can see they really are getting better, especially on the defensive side. Those players are getting better, and they're just coming to work each and every day to do their jobs to get better because they know that their future can be bright. If they you know if they just can't get over this rough mountain that they're going up through right now and uh yeah, I don't think he lost a locker that all these guys believe in what he's preaching
2: that being said you know you are judged by wins and losses and it was another difficult weekend uh for the Scarlet Knights with Michigan coming into High Point Stadium and coming away with a victory. But where do you see some of that improvement? You said especially on the defense. You know, what areas are you highlighting as you get ready for Saturday's game, final home game against Penn State?
1: Well, you see guys like Avery Young. Look where he, he got thrown into the fire when uh um, Austin went out early in the season. And you could tell he was a freshman earlier. But now you see him in there making plays, reading the, uh, the offense. He made a huge fourth down stop early in that game that gave the momentum to the Scarlet Knights. You know, that kid that kid is going to be a special player. And he's one of the Ashes guys that you continue to see that are getting, that are getting better. Guys like Tyshawn Fogg starting to get a bigger role in, the, in that defense and will be one of the linebackers going in next year, which I'm excited to see. You know, it's it's just it's it's, it's certain plays that stick out. Saquon Hampton flying around. I know he's an older guy now, but you know he he won't be there next year. But he's flying around making the huge plays. You know, the Wisconsin game and then versus Michigan as well. So. You can tell that they are getting better on that defensive side.
2: I, I saw Avery Young, and you know he had the the one breakup, and he also had nine tackles. And in one report, that was mm-hmm. kind of highlighted. And I said, "Well, you really don't want your defensive players leading <laughs> the way in tackles." But I understand what they were talking about the kid, and yeah, he looks like the real deal.
1: Yeah, he's, he's going to be something special. I'm really looking forward to see how he progresses as a hopefully a lockdown corner for the Scarlets for many years.
0: And I agree. The defense is playing so much better. And it's when Chris Ash took over. I mean, it's, and you, we didn't even yeah. mention Isaiah Wharton. He's been he's playing fantastic. The defensive backfield's playing great. I mean, much much better. And uh, w- what do you see the difference there? Is, um, is is this an indictment on Neiman, or is it just that they needed a, a new leadership mm-hmm. with Ash in there?
1: I, I I don't know. I guess it's, it's, it's hard to say. You know, with, with Ash taking over, they they they've been playing better. Northwestern. They were, they were winning that game. They should have won that game. Mm, Northwestern I was agree. Representing the West in the, in the Big Ten mm-hmm. Championship this year, they should have beaten Northwestern. And then uh, Wisconsin, they played, played a little bit better on defense. They just got worn down by, by the size of them in that second, in that second um, half of that game. And Wisconsin was just running it, just running it, running it, running it. It was hard for them to stop. All. But they were just pleased that they said that they just misfit there as well That sprung out. And then you see them versus Michigan. They obviously Michigan is a is a is a different beast this year. They are very, very good. But um they played very I think they played very well on defense with Ash Calling calling the plays and this I think he's just back in his uh element like he used to be at Ohio State and Wisconsin when he was calling plays. So maybe that's why they get that little boost and you know, him, when you get a coach, you know, dusting off dusting off, you know, some of his old stuff that he used to do. They get back at it again. Oh, I felt a little bit good to him, and he's starting to see stuff out there and let and being able to call it himself and not maybe relying on the defensive coordinator.
0: It does beg the question why he didn't start a little earlier, perhaps uh, in the (laughs) season. But uh, they are uh, they are absolutely uh, improved. Uh, In our first show, Eric, we talked about how excited we were about Isaiah Pacheco. Before he even got on the field, and I mean, what a look, it was the one highlight, but what a highlight it was. What a phenomenal run against arguably the best defense in college football. I mean, the future is bright for that kid.
1: Absolutely. I I said it coming into this year. I I remember watching him when he was a recruit, and I said, this guy is different. He's different than all those guys out there that he's playing against. I was watching this highlight film. He had an extra year that I saw back then, and then, I was just watching I'm like, this kid could be something special to watch. Then when he got here, again, he's all chiseled and cut up and veins popping up out of everyone. I'm like, he's ready to play Big Ten football right now. Like, he doesn't need that year in the weight room to develop. He was ready to go, and then that explosive play right there just put it over the top. I think he shocked everyone on that every Michigan fan in that stadium and everyone on that mm-hmm. Michigan sideline was absolutely stunned. Shocked. Oh yeah. I think every Rutgers fan was <laughs> uh, as he broke that. Uh, he was able to, to wind it down the field out of a go back and forth to find that end zone. For 80 yards on one of the fastest defense in the country like that. I mean it was funny. They put the, the big 10 that would put the camera on uh, Jim Harbaugh's face afterwards. He looked completely low. Oh, yeah. What just happened? And like, he I'm zigzagged,
0: like, man. He did it beautifully. He just kept yeah. uh you know,
2: it was, it was a great long was, run.
1: I was going crazy up in the box. so it absolutely does.
2: Yeah, yeah, and understandably so. And and as Steve mentioned, against an incredibly quick defense, he was able to uh Continue once he got through, he was able to hold off those guys who were charging hard. So it was a brilliant run and certainly a highlight of the season and an indication. And they
1: just play out Michigan's defense all
2: year. Yeah, yeah, amazing and uh, certainly an indication of what Rutgers has in Pacheco. And the obvious is they've got to surround him with more talent. I was interested uh, this week in watching John McNulty's uh, news conference this week. Uh, first off, it was. Three times as long as the the conversation uh, with the defensive coordinator, which tells me that everybody knows it's really Chris Ash calling the plays. And let's just uh, make the Q and A as short as we can. But you know, McNulty, I don't know if if you were there for it, Eric, or you had a chance to listen to it, or Steve, but boy, he was as honest as I've seen a coach be with games still to be played. He talked about how they've had to change their offense. As the season rolled, and it it's clear it's because they don't have the personnel like you know, he was talking about all the screen passes that they started to throw, but they didn't work and he's like, a guy just missed a block. guy dropped the ball. those plays would work. and then he went on to talk about you have to have receivers who catch the ball. I don't care if they've got the size, mm-hmm. it's got to be hands and you know you could just see the frustration coming through. And even what he said about how Sidkowski has looked better and and more poised, in the last few games because he said, we've cut things down. We thought we would be able to hit big hitters and we realized we, we can't. So we've simplified the offense. We're, Quick drops. We're not having him go back in the pocket for long passes because we can't hold the blocking that long. And the kid was getting killed. I thought it was as eye-opening mm-hmm. uh, comments made by a coach, as I said before. Season has comes to come to an end. Postseason, yeah. What's the review? This is it. But he was laying it out there, and so now it comes back to you got to get players. So I guess Rutgers, as they dig in and they try to continue to recruit, you know, we've talked about that before. But I guess they're going to dig into the J.C. route a little bit more than they have in the past to try to get some veteran guys who can be stopgap, who aren't so green behind the ears. That's what you're hearing, I trust, mm-hmm. Eric. And what do you think about that move?
1: Yeah, you see, you know, sometimes, you know, pro don't go that route, but Rutgers, they need to go that route because they need to get some playmakers in there. You know, they may have had some struggles in the past, whether there's academic reasons or other reasons, but hey, you know, Rutgers is gonna give them their second chance and then hopefully they take advantage of that second chance to be able to come in, you know, with the ability to do what they're able to do. But now they just gotta put it together, like you said, behind the ears, you know, mentally and get the job done out there. And hey, if that works for them, that's huge. But also McNulty said in that in that press conference, you know, if it's something if a kid can't catch or say, hey, it's a hands. You can work on that, and you're hoping that's what they do in the off season because there are too many mm-hmm. drops. In it. And and as 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 Sheldon he the word black as well as he's done this year for us, you know, in the production that he's had for Rutgers. That one screen That's cr- in oh. the first quarter.
0: I was going to oh. mention it. I have it down oh. in my notes here. It was it was well, just a if killer. You hit,
1: if you don't hit he on a plate,
0: he would have scored. He, just, he would have scored on that.
1: Yeah. He would have still been
0: running today. <laughs> yeah, he, had, <laughs> he, had, he had daylight. It was over pursuit. By, uh, there was a blitz on. It was over pursuit. Sikowski did his job. He got it right out there. It was what? right there for well, him. Well,
2: they were saying on the broadcast that, um, that McNulty told the broadcast crew in their meeting before the the game and and all broadcast crews get together with the coaching staffs of mm-hmm. the teams they're broadcasting that they were going to throw more screen passes because he knew Michigan was going to blow yeah. past that offensive line yeah. and they had to set something up so he had a game plan you know last night and it's 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 a different sport but last night after the Devils beat Pittsburgh and they ended a three-game losing streak and the Devils had only one win in their last seven games John Hines said the Devils head coach he said Basically, what he said was, we didn't change the game plan. The game plan was the same. The difference in our winning versus our losing was the execution of that game plan. And so I don't know that that play would have changed the course of the game in terms of whether it would have been a win or a loss. But I'll tell you what, if you're able to put some points up on Michigan, now you're fired up. Harbaugh's not only wondering mm-hmm. how Pacheco ran 80 yards, he's going, okay, what's going on? Is mm-hmm. this the day? Have we looked past this team? You know, all those thoughts are running through your head. He's got national yep. championship aspirations. A little panic on the sideline. Maybe in the end, talent wins out and it's still a loss. In fact, that's probably likely what would have happened, but at least you give yourself mm-hmm. a chance. And, right. and exactly. A couple of plays like that can kill you. Mm-hmm. And when
1: you look at it, it was 21-7 to seven at halftime, and Everyone was ready to celebrate. Imagine it being twenty-one to fourteen at halftime. Mm -hmm. People and then scored on your first. What was it? What what possession was that? When Isaiah Pacheco was at the end of the first quarter, so it was the second possession that they had the ball. Imagine scoring on their first possession. Their first two possessions scoring on that defense. Mm -hmm. Can like, you imagine what that, that does? for Sure. Eye-openers,
2: eye-openers, people Absolutely. around the country going, uh-oh, what's going on? So, uh, yeah.
1: I said, what's going on after the 80-yard run? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right.
0: But, it, you know, I want to say with McNulty, because I watched it closely, after the Blackshear drop, Blackshear came over the sidelines, and McNulty knows where he's at. I mean, look, the, the ball was dropped. You know, it's happened before. He just gave him a pat on the helmet. Talked to him, mm-hmm. gave him a pat on the helmet, a pat of encouragement, man. I mean, and so... To credit him for that, I mean, the, look, he the, the execution. I mean, he called the right play. It was <laughs> a perfect play. He must. He he probably wanted to die, and and and, I, he, and no. he put his head up and he gave him a pat on the helmet and said, "Just get back, get back out there." You know. I will say, I think McNulty
1: was the only one who probably gave him that little hit because everyone else was like.
0: Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, like,
1: like, yeah yeah. I said you see the reaction of the sideline. Everybody saw what was in front of what what could have happened. Oh stadium. hey, Eric, it was hey, r- hey. It was
0: right in front of me. The play's coming toward me. That's what side of the field I'm on and we <laughs> oh, uh, the air, were, so you, the air like, came out of the out of the stands, man. It uh, was everybody
1: oh. knew what, what was gonna the yeah. because they, they caught him perfectly. Michigan they will blitz and blitz and blitz yeah. and leave you on one-on-one coverage on that outside. And they set up that screen perfect with it. Yeah. Michigan was blitzing from the opposite side so it was able to free up those two offensive linemen on the left side to get out there. And if he would have, just, like you said, just caught it, everyone else was just sitting there like, duh, they would have caught them. And let's and face it, situation
0: to stay in the game, they had to play a perfect game and just a couple of mistakes like that and that's enough to let Michigan back in the door and that's pretty much... Uh, it, what
2: happened? Yeah, hey Eric, what you were, you, you know, you were on that sideline. You know, you played. You had experience where uh, a play mm-hmm. was going to be a big one, and somebody either missed a blocking assignment or dropped the ball or whatever. So yeah, so the coach uh, pats uh, the player on the head as McNulty did. What are you guys saying on the sideline to him? Are you saying "Come on, God, darn it, you got to catch that ball"? Or are you <laughs> going, "Hey, uh, we'll get him next time"?
1: <laughs> All right, look, I will say what I, I played. We specialize. Sophomore year, but more of my actually more of my junior year. I say our offense was not the greatest. My junior the year, I got hurt, well, I believe they love the most sacks ever in college football history that year. And uh, when you're on the, on the defensive side, I'm not gonna lie to you; it gets frustrating when you're sitting there and your offense cannot move the ball. But those years with Shiano, it was like he put the expectations on us. Like it was our job to go out there and win. Like the offense was just there to give us a break. <laughs> it was like our job to go out there. It was it was, it was, it was like there was no emphasis on them scoring points. It was the defense had to get the job done. So <laughs> anything we mentioned about the offense bad, we got screamed at. Whether it was by our position coach or just another player in the, in the program, uh, shut up, don't talk to them. It be, like them, <laughs> like they were like secluded to do their own thing. I guess you know they didn't want any negativity going towards them because. They needed to do what they needed to do to try to score and get better. But it was frustrating. You sit down the side and you like, Oh, come on now. You got you gotta make that play. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, all right, let me shut up before I get yeah, yeah. Hey we're
2: busting our tail out here, man. Uh-huh. Somebody's gotta
1: make and a play. That's what we that's what it felt like, but like I said, she had to put it in our head that we had to go out there with so that's kinda of how we took the games go for life. like like their job's not even to score we're gonna go score the win. <laughs>
0: You're listening to the RU Review, uh it's sponsored by Zebra Penn. We're talking to Eric Legrand and uh, Eric, a couple things on on this game and then we'll move on to to Penn State. One thing is, listen, I all I have is Google. I'm not uh, I'm not watching practices and such. I mean, what happened to Jerome Washington? I know he's hurt. What, what, uh, specifically what is it and is he coming back? I doesn't looks like he's
1: going to come back. And it looks like he's He's um getting, just gonna have to get ready for his NFL career and wow. help rely on the tape that he that he has. But what a what a force he was for us last year, and what we thought he was gonna be for us this year. Especially you know since they said he bulked up a little bit over mm-hmm. over the year and he got he got himself better, but just couldn't stay couldn't stay healthy. I don't, and I, it's, I hear it's not one injury; it's multiple injuries. So that's why okay. I made the decision to just mm-hmm. to focus on his rehab and get himself healthy enough for. For a pro day when that comes and unfortunately we're not gonna be able to see the fruits paper yeah. of, of the full potential of Sharon Washington, which was our reliable guy lad. He was a yeah. go to guy. Mm-hmm. At all points he was just a shorthand guy. He was a guy that gets you out of trouble. He'll catch you with his feet, was, it was crazy. You know, yeah, like he's the
2: missed. He there's, there's no question. Matt, well he would've helped to sit- Towski,
1: he could've helped Towson out a lot this mm-hmm. year.
2: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That you know, you need that you need that guy that you know you can always go to, right? Like you come to the line of scrimmage, no. you got four options, then there's that okay, what's the one that I know is going to be open as I go through my progressions? Who's I'm, and and he wouldn't be too far down in the progression, but you know what I mean? Like there's a guy, yeah. there's my outlet all the time and uh, that that would have helped Arthur for sure. And then what's that would go-
1: de- definitely would have yeah. helped him so much in his development.
0: And what's going on with the student section? I mean, no one was there this this, this past Saturday. I mean, and then at halftime, and with 21-7, and you could have counted the, the, the students in the um, in the end zone.
1: Honestly, it, everyone knows it. It's tough, a tough situation, but it has to be said. Until you put the product out there that people want to see, that's what it's going to continue to be like. I don't care who's coming. People don't care who's coming now, if it's Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. If you're not going to put out a product that they want that – that the Rutgers fans can root for, they're not going to be there, unfortunately. And it sucks to say that because you look at some programs and no matter what, they're in there, like Nebraska starting off with an own 5 6 but they're still selling out the stadium. But unfortunately, here in New Jersey, New York area, it was a little bit different. And people got other things to do on the weekend if you're not going to go out there and compete, you know, so it's a very unfortunate situation and you wish that the students would be there, more of them supported, but Hey, once you win, you get some PWs. The thing is, they'll be right back there.
0: Yep. Yeah, you would hope they'd be the last stand, but
2: in, in this case, they're. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Steve and I, been, I were talking yeah. about it. There's yeah. so much for people to do these days, and if you're, if, yeah. if the thought going in is it's not even going to be a good game. Like you're just going and to it was get free, killed. Look, it was freezing cold. I mean, so you're yeah. hanging
0: in the dorm room and playing
2: video games and watching it. I don't know, whatever. Or or, or going there to a game, sad. even if you're even if you're a loyal son or daughter of the banks, right? You you go, yeah. Do I really want to spend two and a half hours watching my team get killed? And that's the thought going <laughs> in. You know, I mean, that's that's really the thought. So you're right. They've they've got to improve. And oh, by the way, and uh, you know, I was mentioning this to Steve before we started. Alabama's got an issue. Their students are a little apathetic now. Now, Did you see that? Unbelievable, too, right?
1: Too much winning. Too much winning. <laughs> <laughs> Bring and that
2: they know on. The baby. Out, they know the outcome already. Bring so, that like, on. on. <laughs> Let, let's do something I else. Know
1: the outcome. They, we're going to win by forty today. Well, so that, guess, that's you know, the difference,
2: there. right? The fa- the students are going. Well, should I spend two and a half hours to watch a butt kicking? We're just going to roll tide. So let me find <laughs> something else to do. But yeah, I mean, if if a, a program like that is complaining about some apathy, uh, I think it's indicative of a bigger problem than just what's happening at Rutgers for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know,
1: the students are just finding more things to do But I'll tell you what, after say they called them out. That next game, they were
2: there. Well, that's true, right? Yeah. That's Nick. They were there. He's got the he's got yeah. the juice. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. After getting
1: called out, they probably were like, "Oh, we must be there." <laughs> there. We got to su- right? We got to
2: support him.
0: So it's a real quick chat on Penn State, uh, Eric. Um, listen, uh, they're not the same team as last year. Trace McSorley's not the same quarterback. He's banged up. He doesn't have the same weapons. Saqu- Saquon Barkley is now running for the uh, Giants. So, uh, you know, still uh, still a, a formidable team. And, and look, it's going to be a struggle on Saturday. Uh, what are they, 27 point uh, um, underdogs? But yeah. uh, I I don't know. I, I have a feeling that they this, they, you know, they're not Michigan. And we saw what Michigan did to Penn State. I, I think they can. I, I think they can put, put up a fight again. That's That's what I'm looking yeah. for. That's what I've seen the last few weeks. And I think that can happen again on Saturday. What do you think?
1: I'm sorry this that coach is trying to say, you know, you try to make every game as the same. Honestly, they need to make this their Super Bowl. They need to, they need to have a good week of practice. They need to emphasize, you know, this, if we can beat this Penn state team. You know, this kids, even though we're one and what are we one, one nine, just one and nine right now. This could, you beat Penn state. It changes everything for this season.
0: Oh, no, absolutely.
1: You, and, they, and they, they got to know that because you know, as are fans. You know, Rutgers Penn State fans, we don't like each other. <laughs> the the, 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 uh, the coaches, they don't like each other. The, the players got to be the same thing. You know, we have all the recruiting battles. They're all the three and a half hours away. All the all the implications that go into this game, the, the, they got to know that, and they got to know that, hey, we can play with these guys. You know, they're not they're not Michigan. They're not Ohio State. Chris mcsoy has been banged up all year. They don't. They have a good running back, but he's not Saquon Barkley. They have weapons in on the outside. The defense is still, you know, it's a pretty out pretty good. But we can play with these guys. If we, one or two things go our right way, we catch that screen pass and go up the sideline, or if it's go the free guy, goes for another 80-yard run. Hey, these guys may not have the firepower like Michigan does to fire right back at us. Well,
2: and you know what? Listening to you, you know, my my legs are moving because I'm getting fired up for this game because that's exactly how they're going to have to approach it. Chris Ash is going to get this team, he's going to show them the positives that they've had, even in losses over the last couple of weeks. Hey, we're getting better. We'll make that catch. They're not as good. It's our last home game. It, you know, all of these things. You're right. I don't know what will happen. It's going to be a letdown of some sort against Michigan State. But, hey, uh, you know, as a, and an observer, we'll deal with that next week. But Coach right now is like, fellas, let's go. And the and the, the guys have to believe that, right? There's got to be exactly. you know, the seniors who are playing their last game, the young guys who are constantly improving. they got to get together and feel like, this is our opportunity, and so I think the the emotions going to be high. Uh, look, they've only beaten them twice in the history of the program. You got to go back. <laughs> Dick Anderson was on the sideline when they beat them <laughs> the last time, so uh, the odds are against. Um, but, but I think he, it's,
1: actually, he actually recruited me to Penn State. That's what he said. Did day. he really?
2: How about that? Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> co- coach came over from Penn State and you know was there for a while with Rutgers. But at any rate. Uh, it's been a long time. I don't know if it'll be a win, but I think it can be a very, very good game.
1: Now, in, and obviously, and obviously can, and I, and of course, everything would have to go right for the for the Scarners to pull out a win. But it can be a very competitive game. It can give them some respect, and they also, like I said, you never, you, you never know. You you bring that game into a tie or down by one touchdown in the fourth quarter. You never know if Penn State might fall, in. just all like I said, all the implications it brings. You know, you're having a one in nine year right now. You win that game; it it just mm. changes the mindset of everything. Like, yeah, you guys, even if they end up two and ten, oh, we beat Penn State. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we we beat Penn State, and that just helps recruiting wise and everything. Like, sure. Penn State; they, they recruit now. They got they got some players over there, and they get they get Jersey guys. But if you can use that now, the whole offseason to help build your program and develop your your guys and start getting some recruits by saying, hey. Well, okay, we just beat Penn State I think
2: that's huge well as a loyal son Eric you can look at it as maybe a win I'm looking at competitive right yeah. <laughs> but either way I think it'll send uh, certainly a win would uh, resonate uh, throughout the program and throughout college football even keeping it close what it would enable Chris Ash to do is convince people that this <sighs> has been a bad very 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 bad year but he Took over the defense. They adjusted the offense. Some of the kids are getting better. They're more competitive, and even though it's been a terrible year, he can sell improvement and better days ahead. So that's I, from so many standpoints. This is a huge game. Yeah, And it'll be oh, yeah. good.
1: Oh, oh, so you're not telling any of your friends out there the money line Rutgers this
0: week? <laughs> <laughs> I a gambling. <laughs> right. Well, they're covering these days. At least they're doing uh, that. Yeah. They, they,
1: they, they yeah. Covering. I was gonna. One more thing I want to say about the offense though, which we're going mm-hmm. forward and we're still excited about. I, I don't know if you heard on the Coach Asher show last week. We had Art Sutowski come on with us with the Chris Carlin yeah. and I and Coach. Mm-hmm. And they said that they returned ten out of eleven starters next year. They only lose it to Recola at the left tackle position. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge huge and that's going to be big for the program as they start developing these guys in the off season and the spring ball these guys are going to have a lot of time of playing now what these after yeah. this season and then going into um to the, into the spring ball getting ready for that and into summer camp with 10 out of 11 guys coming back that's that's from that's phenomenal and then you added depth to it and add competition at positions and people trying to take positions i think this offense, if I'll go, you know, it's going to go the way Art, you know, goes, if he develops and he starts getting, you know, protection, this offense will really take off. They just like, you have to get a few more playmakers over there. They got Pacheco. They got Blackshear. Mm-hmm. They got to develop a guy like Shaheen Jones. Bo Melton has got to step up and develop mm-hmm. to his ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Volko, was six foot seven out there. Tyler, he has to become a dominant force. You know what I mean? If yeah. they can make that happen, this all yeah. season. I'm excited to actually see the offense
0: next year. Yeah, I got to tell you, and they have to, right, Eric? Because they went all in. Ash and McNulty went all in with the Sikowski. So they, yeah. they're, they're, oh, yeah. they, they, they got He's, he's got to find his that. inner Johnny Unitas next year because they, they, they need that kind of performance at him. So, and really, it's we don't know. It's 50-50. we We'll see. I mean, the promise right. is there, but we'll we'll see if uh, if see if he can um, step up in his sophomore year.
1: Maybe Jonathan Lewis because of of course to be ready with that tight end position. Could be. Moving moving that midseason now and then having a whole offseason to learn. He is 6'3", 245. You know, you never never know. He might turn into something special.
0: And one more thing, getting back to attendance and it'd be interesting to see if the Penn State fans come out. I mean, they were pretty flat after that Michigan blowout. Now they, they... Come back in the big win against uh, Wisconsin, but we we'll see uh, if uh, if they all come out like they did last
1: time.
2: Uh, they they will, so I, I think, think.
1: Yeah, I think they will. They like to they like to try to put us down any way they can. <laughs> yeah. so I think they probably, I think they'll be they'll be out there. Yeah. I don't think they'll be out there like Michigan was this past weekend, but they'll be out there.
0: And I'll be there, too, and so and will you. To, so, yeah, I'll be ready
1: to fight. Yeah. I'll be ready to fight them all.
0: Yeah. Noon start, baby. Yeah. Noon starts, so and we'll, we'll, we're fired up. Well, Eric, again, uh, it's always a thrill to have you on, and I uh, hope to get you back uh, later in the uh, season. Maybe a recap of, uh, of what went on. Sounds good.
1: Sounds good. I'll definitely enjoy that.
0: Great. All Sorry, right, Eric. Eric. Thanks. Take care. And that's Eric LeGrand. Always uh, great to have him on the uh show and uh another rough uh go Saturday. Um it's exciting and I like the fact that he put out that it's their Super Bowl, but to to think that they can win the ball, the football game is just I mean I, I I'm not there. I I, I think they'll be more competitive than Michigan. I'm going to say I'll throw out a number there. I'll say, you know, uh you know 35-17
2: something like that, maybe like a Wisconsin score, somewhere around there? I'm, I'm going to say that the offense will actually put some points up on the board. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give them 21. Okay. I think it'll be like 35-21, okay. or, or maybe 31-21. I think it'll be a, a, a closer game. And look, from Eric's standpoint, and I can speak not only, at, say, from a Seton Hall perspective, where I graduated, but as a broadcaster, I mean, he's both. He's a Rutgers mm-hmm. guy and he's a broadcaster. You have to have a sense of realism. But if you don't go into each game thinking that there are ways, there's a path to a victory, as yeah. long shot as it may be mm-hmm. in Rutgers' case, then why are you why are you in the business? I mean, right. you mm-hmm. have to be honest with your listeners, but you have to sit down there and have in your mind's eye, a way that this, like a coach, how this could happen. I don't think it will happen. I understand his optimism because of the position he holds. I don't think it will happen. I think it will be a loss, but I think it'll be an exciting afternoon, and I think you'll and leave Rutgers Stadium not in the fourth quarter. You won't be okay. looking to get home early uh, because it's another blowout. I I think there'll be a reason for the fans to stay there to yeah. the
0: very end. And and I've said this n- numerous times. It's where we are. You know, it's it's look. You want to be competitive, and the wins and loss. Yeah, we want to win, of course. But I and, and I said this. I we I listened to this show at midseason, Matt, and I and I was wavering on on what to do with Ash. And I said, I just need to see them competitive. I need to see a spirited team that's competitive, and that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing the last few weeks. And if it continues, then listen, what they need, what Rutgers needs, is continuity. That's what they need more than anything. Bring Ash back with McNulty, and and you're all in with Sikowski, and then we went. Then you evaluate it from there. That's what I've um, been saying.
2: If you yeah. if you make a change yeah. now, then you're way I think it's the only thing
0: you can do. I think Pat Hobbs could step up and say something. I could I think he could have said something at this point. I'll kind of wonder about that. But in the end of the day, that's uh that's the way I'm leaning going into these last couple games, but they still need to be competitive. They can't all of a sudden to take the foot off the
2: gas and all of a sudden get wiped out yeah, in the next think, two games as well. I, I think Hobbs was in a I won't say a difficult spot. That's the role he plays Mm -hmm. as the athletic director. But when the early losses were piling up and they were just getting tattooed and there were breakdowns everywhere and mistakes made, well, if he made up his mind then Mm -hmm. that he's making a change, obviously he can't go out and give a vote of confidence. Uh, And you don't early want to say, well, we'll evaluate at the end of the season, which we know everybody generally does, except at Alabama, where they just decide how much they're going to extend Saban's contract, mm-hmm. but uh, and then as they started to get a little better, I, I I think the evaluation to some degree is over. I think he's seen what he needs to see. If the losses were blowouts to these Big Ten teams on a forty-one-seven, what are you going to say? Was that a close game? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. But mm-hmm. uh, they were a little more competitive. You, you, you should. I think he's seen that Ash can coach, and I think that was the big question. Uh, now we now we'll see if he can recruit. So I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is Hobbs was in a tough spot. Now I think he'll just play it out. They'll have a post season news conference yeah. and he'll announce what he announces in terms of uh, continuity. There'll be some changes on the staff, I'm sure. I don't know if Jay Neiman gets let go, uh, but I know there'll be changes on the staff. Maybe, and especially on the offensive end. They just have to figure it out. They have, have to get players. Get to, yeah, they, they have to have get, get players, players, and they have to have continuity players, as well. Right. And, and I mean, three offensive coordinators things, yeah. in three years isn't yes. going to get the job done. But right. get. Players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll do
0: it for this week's show. Thanks again to Eric LeGrand. Check out our site, moresportsnow.com for Steve Titchener Matt Lachlan. We'll be back next week with more coverage of Rutgers football. Bye bye. <laughs>